Thanks for joining us today here on the Tripod Mom podcast. We're going to be interviewing a new mom today as part of our new series called Birth Stories. Listen in. We hope you'll enjoy it. All right, guys, we are here today with Brittany Mitchell. She is a good friend of mine that I have kind of lost touch with, except for Facebook. Thank God that we're able to connect through Facebook, right? And um, maintain some connections with especially people who have moved out of state and just different places. You know, time has taken you um, through some different life changes since I had been knowing you. Um, You've gotten married and uh, relocated. And so a lot of things have just happened. And I really thank God, especially in this season with uh, COVID-19, that we are still able to connect with people via Zoom. Um, Other conference call platforms out there are really bridging that gap where we're not able to meet physically in person, but we can still connect um, and see each other's faces. And it's not like back in the day with like a page or a a phone call. And and I mean, pager, that's what I mean, like a pager or a, uh, a phone call where you cannot actually see a person smile and see how beautiful they look on the other end, see their reactions to the conversation. So I'm joined here today with, again, Brittany Mitchell. She's going to be sharing her birth story with us. Why don't you say hello to the people and then tell them a little bit about yourself and where you're from? All right. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I am from California, but I do currently live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I've been here uh, going on three years now. I moved here um, a while ago, um, and then me and my husband got married in February, so his family's from here, so we decided to stay. Gotcha. Now, did you move to Dallas with him while you were dating, or went? were you already out there and then you met him? No. So I moved here sort of with him. He had moved back. Um, He's from Dallas and he was in California going to school. Um, He graduated and he was just there and decided to move back home. Um, So he moved back in like January and I've been to Dallas plenty of times with him um, just to see his family over the holidays. And so I've always loved it. Uh, So I ended up moving here uh, by myself here in Dallas. So we were here together. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you guys have been together for quite some time, right? Yeah, we've been together uh, about six years now. Okay. And how long have you been married? I've been married for 11 months. Tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next month, it's going to be a year. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it hasn't even been a year. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a how many month old? He is um, four weeks, actually. It was four weeks yesterday. New, new baby. That is Mm -hmm. awesome. So you're Mm -hmm. learning so many new things about poop Mm -hmm. and throw up and sleep regression. And (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. So tell me about your pregnancy because you Mm -hmm. were pregnant um, during the pandemic. So how did that affect your appointments and, and any of that? 
Yeah, so I found out I was, I got pregnant in February. I mean, I got married in February. I found out I was pregnant in April. Um, and so I was, I have been pregnant the entire pandemic um, and not much really affected us. Um, I would say the main thing was um, I wasn't allowed to have anyone in my prenatal appointments with me. And so it kind of, um, I wouldn't say it put a damper on things, but my husband, he was excited that we were pregnant, excited we were having a baby, but it was hard to, for him to make that initial connection because he wasn't able to see any of the ultrasounds. We only had like the little pictures. He wasn't able to see, hear the heartbeat. You know, I had to do all of those things alone, but I mean, he's absolutely in love. He, he loves our son. So, <laughs> but that's really the main thing, just us not being able to have that experience together. And just to be fair, a lot of the appointments, I don't think you can have somebody anyways. I mean, you can, but um, for us, my husband didn't really go to all of the appointments unless it was like something big, like the ultrasound or something, because all the other right. stuff is real technical and, you know, you're kind of exposed, you know, mm -hmm. in all of the places <laughs> that your husband has seen, but may not want to know that personally. Right. <laughs> so, you know, just sharing that with you, like he probably didn't miss out on more than what, you know, some people think, you know, being at every appointment is great if you can be and if you want to be. But a lot of times it's it's like you said, just those big moments, the heartbeat and watching the baby in the womb kicking and things like that, that are the real excitement. What about leading up to the delivery? Was your doctor concerned with nobody being present in the delivery room with you? What was going on as far as that? Yeah, so the hospital would only allow one support person in the delivery room. Um, and that wasn't something that was really big for us just because that's how we wanted it anyways. Uh, we kind of wanted to, you know, be selfish and have that moment just for ourselves um, and then share the baby later on. But that was really just the main thing, him not being able or it only being him in the room instead of having everyone else. But we Zoomed everyone while we were there. So it it worked out fine for us. <laughs> now, when you say you Zoomed everyone, did you Zoom them during the delivery or after? <laughs> after, yes. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, girl, you're bold. <laughs> we have recordings of the delivery, but we Zoomed afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And how were you during your pregnancy? Um, were you sick at all? Or were you being watched for any of the things that sometimes come up with pregnancies? No, not at all. I actually had like a perfect pregnancy. I've always said I wanted a lot of kids because I only have, it's only me and my little brother, but my husband has a huge family. And so I was like, oh yeah, if all of my pregnancies and all of my deliveries are gonna be like this, I'm gonna have so many different kids uh, because it was perfect. I almost never had morning sickness. Um, I didn't really have many food aversions. Um, I ate Taco Bell and Wiener Schnitzel every day, but that's about it. I mean, everything was perfect. Um, he always, my son always, um, was showing to be growing above average, so about two weeks above average. Um, so he was always big. He was always healthy. I gained maybe about 15 pounds um, no. for my entire pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> so everything was great. <laughs> I, I really did enjoy the process. 
Um, I try to enjoy even times where I didn't feel like I was completely dead tired. Um, but I really tried to enjoy it all because everyone doesn't have that chance. And so I didn't want to take advantage of that. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Because I've got so many friends um, that were pregnant with me last year, there were about 11 of us in total. And um, I including yourself, it makes 12. And um, probably about half of those women, if not more, were very sick. And um, even in the past, being pregnant with um, some of my other friends, um, one of them in particular, I think of was sick every single pregnancy throughout the entire pregnancy, almost up until the last trimester. So it can be really tough. And yeah, that's a blessing that, you know, everything went really smoothly for you. Now talk to me about um, the actual go time. So were you eating some wiener schnitzel when your water broke or did your water break? Like what happened? Yeah, so the day before, I ended up giving birth on the 9th. So on the 8th, um, I had a prenatal appointment. And that day I had been, you know, having contractions, but I've been having contractions since I was about 31 weeks because he was so big. Um, he was probably going to be coming early because he was so heavy. Um, and by that point, I was about two centimeters dilated. So I've been dilated for quite a while. Um, and so I've been having contractions, but didn't think much of it. So when I went to my prenatal appointment, they said I was a little over three centimeters. And so they were saying I could go to triage and get watched just to see if things move along, or I could go home, walk around, um, see if things move that way. So I ended up going home and me and my mother-in-law, we walked around, went to the grocery store, went to the mall. Um, and so by... I think maybe four or five hours. Um, I ended up, you know, having contractions a little more consistent, about four to five minutes apart. Um, and then we went back to the hospital. They said I was five centimeters dilated and they were going to admit me. Um, and the whole process was, you know, it was still great, smooth sailing. Um, I was admitted and I, my contractions were never I would say for me, because I have a high pain tolerance, they were never unbearable. I would say maybe the pain level at a six um, at the most. And so I wanted to wait as long as possible to, you know, get an epidural because I didn't feel like I needed one at that point. Um, but I ended up getting one about 10 o'clock at night. Um, then that's when they broke my water. And then we were kind of just waiting on, on the... Um, contractions to keep up and so I can dilate a little more um, but now, they why up, did they why did they break your water um because it was actually so he was so big he was weighing down on my cervix and my uh my amniotic sac was kind of bulging out every time they checked me so they figured we'll just break your water just to get the you know get things going okay was that painful at all no, not at all. <laughs> not okay. at all. Nothing, nothing was like, you know, none of the process was unbearable to me. Like I'm, but again, I have a high pain tolerance. So it was like, oh, I could do this. Like I could do this again and a few times over. Um, but nothing was, you know, really bad. Um, I kind of slowed down and dilating. So they were thinking, you know, maybe we have to give you some Pitocin. So I ended up 
getting a bit of Pitocin, um, but I was still five centimeters dilated. So they're like, well, you know, if we come back and check you, you're still five. Um, we're going to have to go ahead and just give you a C-section because he was still trying to crown, but it was, I mean, I just wasn't dilated enough. Um, so then at that point, we're kind of like praying because that is far from what I really wanted to do. Um, and so, but when they ended up coming um, back to check me, I was nine centimeters dilated. And so they were like, okay, it's go time. <laughs> so they're getting everything prepared. Um, and I think I pushed for maybe 30 minutes and he came flying out. He didn't cry. His eyes were open. He's like looking around. Um, it was really an, I would say an easy process <laughs> for me anyways. Um, everyone's experience is a lot different. Um, but every, everything was great. I would, I would definitely do it a, a few times over. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a similar testimony for my first delivery with TJ, our oldest son, where I said, you know, I, my testimony is always that I could have done 20 of those labors, like very mm -hmm. easy. Um, I didn't have any epidural or any pain medication because I wasn't in that much pain except for when I had the contractions. Um, but in between, I was laughing and joking right. and having, you know, and I had visitors coming in cause this was uh, about 12, th almost 13 years ago. And so you could have multiple people, you know come into the hospital room mm -hmm. and, you know kind of hang out for a little bit until it was time to start pushing. And so, um, up until the time it was time to push, it was fantastic. Um, how far along do you remember if, um, how far along were you when you got the epidural? Like how many centimeters were you still at five? Yeah, I was still at five. And the only reason I got the epidural when I did was because the anesthesiologist was going into a surgery and they were saying, well, we don't want you to dilate anymore while she's in surgery. And then you don't, you're not able to get the epidural. So I ended up getting it just so I wouldn't miss my chance to get it. But I would have definitely waited a lot longer. <laughs> and see, that's the thing that sometimes irks me. And, and I hate to say that as if I'm like frustrated with um, mm -hmm. medical community, but I, I, don't know any other way to express this. I, I know some of my friends are very gracious when they talk about the downsides of their experiences. And I'm just learning that trait. <laughs> but um, I feel like sometimes with the medical community during deliveries, um, they can pressure you to take the medication. Here you are saying that you're fine, you're doing okay, but because the anesthesiologist is going to be unavailable, hmm, you might just want to go ahead and get it just in, you know, just in case. And right. um the episode that we posted today, um if anybody wants to listen to that one, Isabel Reyes also talks about how the medical community just kind of um, confused her with the information. And, and even my experience with my second childbirth, um, I, it's to this day, I think Pitocin is the devil. I, I did not <laughs> want any of that, but mm -hmm. 
um, because I was not progressing. You know, I felt pressured to deliver this baby during the time that I was at the hospital. And, you know, I get it. They want to make the space available for other mothers to come into the room. And, you know, if they have more, too many mothers, you know, delivering at the same time, I understand all of that. But I think that our bodies know the natural process of giving birth. And sometimes I just wish that there was more of, um, you know, a desire on their part to have that natural process take place. Did you deliver in the hospital? I did. I delivered in a, um, in a hospital, um, only because it was kind of my first pregnancy and I didn't know what to really expect. Um, but I definitely love the idea of like a a birthing center because I've always wanted to kind of give birth in water or, or be able to walk around if I wanted to, or, you know, just kind of have that freedom that you don't really have in a hospital. Um, so for yeah. my next one, birthing center is definitely is going to be an idea. <laughs> and see, that's what I'm talking about too, is that there's more restrictions, you know, like you said, from not being able to walk around so much or, um, you know, have some of the more comfortability that you would prefer, you know, mm-hmm. as like a home birth or something like that. And um, I actually asked my doctor during my third pregnancy because uh, I gave birth in April of 2020. And remember, we went into uh, lockdown in March. So mm-hmm. I had asked her leading up to my birth, like, hey, um, should I just deliver at home? Like, is it even safe <laughs> to go to the hospitals? And she laughed right. at me. And she's like, it's not like we have COVID patients running around the, you know, labor and delivery, you know, floor. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I was thinking, you know, I want to be comfortable. And you know, she, she was right. not having it. So, you know, but when you have your own space, you have the freedom and not that pressure to do what you're being told. You Mm -hmm. can have more of the experience that you want. So I would say to mothers out there that, you know, definitely explore your options when it comes to doing a home birth or a hospital birth. If you can afford to do one or the other, um, each one of them has their perks. I delivered um, all three of my children in the hospital though, because I just... I think I trusted the medical professionals more than I would trust myself. I I know what I would have done (laughs) if there were no rules. (laughs) So tell me about the moments that you held your son for the first time. I was kind of just in awe. Um, I was just like amazed that this little tiny human just came out of me for one. Um, But two, like, you belong to me like you're my responsibility now like I thought he was so cute for one um he wasn't as fat as we thought we were he was gonna be because he was um again he was above average in his size so when he came out um he was eight pounds three ounces and I was only 37 weeks and so he wasn't really as big as we thought he was but he had big old fat cheeks I just thought he was such an amazing thing like you for people who can't see like the miracles God does and the miracles God you know creates like this is such a miracle that your body is able to carry and grow this little tiny human and then you're able to birth him out 
um, I think it's just amazing. I was just in awe. How many days do you remember staying at the hospital before you went home? So I was there for about three and a half days. Oh, um, that's a little long for California. Yeah. Is that long? Why did you stay long? Is that normal for Texas? No. So we ended up staying a little longer um, because they thought he was going to be jaundiced um, just because he was such a big little baby um, and I wasn't producing enough milk because I am breastfeeding. I wasn't producing enough milk at the time for him to, you know, get all of that yuck out of his system. And so they were thinking he was going to be a little jaundiced. So they were watching him for a while. Um, and when it was about Friday, I delivered on Wednesday and then Friday they were saying, okay, we'll let you go home. And we're packing up our stuff. And the doctor comes in and is like, oh wait, no, we can't go home. We just got his test results back and they're really high. Um, so they ended up putting him under um, the little blue light machine to kind of get everything together. Um, and then his levels ended up going down. We did go home on Saturday, um, but we were there a little longer because they were just trying to watch him, make sure he wasn't, um, you know, his levels weren't going to go too high and he was going to be jaundiced. And how did that make you guys feel during that moment? Like you said, you were expecting to go home and then to get the news that no, you can't. Um, were you disappointed or afraid? Um, we were, I was a little disappointed. My husband was like, okay, that's okay. We stay a little longer. He's like, we want all the nurses, the doctors there. Um, but I was ready to go home. Um, so it was a little disappointing but I wasn't really worried about it that much. It was a little nerve wracking having to have him underneath that light because they have to wear like this little mask over their eyes and he has to be like fully naked, only on a, in a diaper and it's like cold in the hospital. So he's crying. He doesn't know what's going on. It's dark. And that was like completely freaking me out because I'm like, he's just a little baby. He doesn't want like, you know, have his eyes covered. Um, so anytime I got the chance to take them out from under there, I did, but, um, things ended up working out pretty good. So I was able to calm my nerves. Good, good. And how is it having him home now? Tell me what that's like. Um, I don't know. It's, it's different. It's definitely really, really different. Um, he does pretty good with sleeping. Um, he sleeps most of the day he's up, mm, Every few every few hours, he'll be up for maybe two, maybe three hours at max, and then he's kind of like maxed out and falls asleep. Um, but it's it's pretty great. I haven't had many complaints. Um, he sleeps at, through the night, maybe three four hours at a time. Um, right now he's cluster feeding, so it's kind of terrible because <laughs> uh, I don't get much sleep, but. Uh, you know, it's something that I'm okay with because I knew going into it, like I didn't expect to get sleep. So I'm okay with not getting sleep um, as long as he's getting what he's need, he needs, you know, it's, it's okay with me. I'm ready for him to be maybe one or two months. So he'll sleep a little longer. Uh, and I want to be able to actually play with him, see him laugh, things like that. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah. Well, enjoy it now. I mean, all of the little 
phases that they go through go by so fast. Mm -hmm. And then there's something to enjoy in each season. So even right now, how you're saying that you would hope, you know, you're looking forward to him sleeping a little bit longer. Well, at about four or five months, they start going through what's called that sleep regression, where they are learning, like they're waking up in the middle of the night, and they don't really know how to put themselves back to sleep. And so it kind of starts all over again. So don't get too used to, you know, the, the sleep is, I think, think in the first year, a challenge for most babies, um, unless, you know, you have like a miracle child, like my first son who that kid just would sleep like eight hours straight out the womb. And I was like, who is this kid? But, um, (laughs) is there anything else that you want to share? Like, think about your son listening to this, um, you know, it's 18 years from now, you know, on his 18th birthday, you, you know, tell him, Hey, I did this interview about when I gave birth to you. Is there something that you would say to him in that moment, or even say to other expectant mothers out there? Um, I would just say that, you know, God's timing is always perfect. Um, when we first found out we were pregnant, we were like, Oh, that was a little sooner than we expected um, since we had just been married a couple months before. Um, But the day, the morning of our wedding, my husband's grandmother ended up passing away. And so um, she wasn't at the wedding. They were, I had my wedding in California and they were still in Texas. Um, And then a few months later in May, his grandfather passed away. And so it was a really hard time for them. And so me being pregnant, um, they were all really excited for what was coming. And um, it kind of pushed him and his mom and his, you know, her siblings all to kind of be excited and keep going for something since they had just lost their parents. Um, So I would say, you know, God's timing, it was perfect. God knew that, you know, he is what our heart needed at this moment. Um, and he, his, so my son's name is James David Mitchell and James was his grandfather's name, um, my husband's grandfather. And so it just, I think it just worked out perfectly. And sometimes we don't understand how things work or don't understand why they're working the way they are. Um, but it's all, you know, for God's glory, cause he knows exactly what we needed and, you know, he knows when we need it as well. So I would just say, trust the process, trust God. Um, Because everything's going to work out how it should. It does. It does. And sometimes it's in retrospect that we realize that, you know, Mm because when everything is coming at you, you're like, I definitely don't understand all of this. But later on, God will reveal everything. And and that's the hope that we have to look forward to. So, well, thank you so much um, for your time. I'm really excited to share your experience with our listeners. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, Brittany, would you mind praying for, let's pray for expectant mothers out there, because I think that in the middle of the pandemic, it can be a little bit terrifying for people out there. Um, we all know that 2020 was a challenging year, especially in terms of death, as you mentioned, um, losing relatives. Uh, there are a lot of us who lost people last year, and I think it's, it can be a little bit scary. So, um, let's take a quick break and then we will go ahead and pray for some of those people out there. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, we're back and we're going to have Brittany pray. So would you just join us for a moment as she blesses you before we go? Lord, we just want to first say thank you for this day and thank you for allowing us to come together and to fellowship with one another. Lord, we want to say a quick prayer for those mothers that are currently expecting, those mothers that are trying to um, conceive. Lord, we want to touch each and every one of them. We want to ask you, God, to continue to strengthen them, continue to touch their minds and their emotions, and give them the strength to continue on throughout their pregnancy. God, we ask that you touch their bodies, Lord. Let their bodies do their job, God. Let them be able to grow their children, to, to, nurture, to nurture them, and then, Lord, to deliver them with no problems at all. Father God, we ask that you continue to keep us, God, continue to watch over us, Lord, and we bind the attack of the enemy on every hand, God. We ask that you have your way in our lives, and we ask that you continue to watch over us. In your mighty name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Brittany. I appreciate you being on today, and we will <laughs> talk again soon, I hope. Alrighty. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, definitely. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening today on The Tripod Mom. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. That way we can reach more listeners with stories just like these. Thanks again.